Welcome into DTC, two-man show. My name is Joe. LP is on the other side talking a lot of Redskins, I feel, today. It's been like, uh, you know, typically we take a month off after the Super Bowl LP. I'm not sure why we took, it seems like, two months off for no apparent reason here in the middle of uh, in the middle of the sports. I mean, I mean the NBA is in its groove, obviously, in the postseason. I, I know why we did or we haven't been on uh, recording shows in the last couple of weeks. I think it's because of the caps. I think there's definitely a um, a hangover of sorts now that the caps have been eliminated. No, FP doesn't basically talk to us anymore. He's been uh, somewhere between, like, swaying basically between depressed and unhappy back and forth. Steve is in the same boat with the Nats, to be very honest. But here we are. I mean, we got to talk about this Redskins draft class. It's you know, it's a week later now, a week and a half later. Everything's kind of had a chance to marinate a little bit. We can reflect on it, I think, more holistically and more succinctly now. And and in reality, I know Bruce doesn't have any fans on the DTC roster of uh, speakers and guests and hosts or whatever, but he did a phenomenal job with this draft. A pheno- absolutely phenomenal job. And, and I'm not a Haskins guy. I am warming up to the idea. Um, I don't like all the, uh, the I guess, the, the noise around the jersey number and kissing the Theisman ring and all that stuff. But overall, the Redskins had a phenomenal draft, and they addressed a lot of holes that they had. You know, there's still a few on the defensive side they got a they got a plug, but overall, A plus I think is the unanimous score that or the the grade that the Redskins got from pretty much every reputable source around the league. Anybody who does mock drafts or follows the the NFL or follows just you know college players, everybody you know Haskins could be argued the best player, best quarterback. In the draft, Montez Sweat was rumored as high as five or six leading up to the draft. So, I mean, huge value at 26. And I like a couple of those wide receivers that they picked up in later rounds, too. I'm really excited to see what happens. Um, Doxson, of course, was the big news last week. In light of the new uh, rookies coming to town, Doxson's contract has not been extended or not been the option's not been picked up for next season, next, next season. I, I suppose there's always a chance he could still be on the roster. I don't really care about Doxson, though. I think that, that ship has sailed. But overall, I mean, let's just start with this draft class. We don't have to go pick by pick if you don't want to. But overall, this was a really good draft for the Redskins. Right. In the midst of every D.C. team completely flailing out and just being horrible with, you know, the Caps being up 2-0 to the Canes and then losing the series, the Wizards having no GM and no plan in place. No Wizards talk. A few weeks before, before the draft. Uh, the Nats, I mean... I just get updates and it's loss, 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 loss. I mean, it, it, the bullpen's horrible, the, the bats horrible, but we'll, we'll leave those for another time. But the only team that has provided any sense of, you know, uplifting hope has been the Redskins in their draft. And I, you look around the league and all the experts. I mean, what's the lowest grade that I've ever seen anyone give? It's like what an A minus. By all, I mean, it, it's still what it's May. So let's wait until September before we crown them champions. But or at least wait till October. But they knocked this draft out of the park. Um, Haskins, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Haskins, but I am a huge fan of them getting him at 15 and not having to move up. Going up to a 10 or a, you know even a, a 12 or something like that, to me, would have been a failure. But to get him where you are at 15, potentially you know, the first or second best QB in the draft, I like it, and I like it because you have the opportunity to let him sit behind a Case Keenum for a year, which oh, come know, I'm on. sure he's we'll not, be talking he's not about gonna, that. He's not going to sit. 
he's not going to sit. But I agree with you on that hey, for sure. If it's an open competition in training camp and he's not ready, then you let him sit for you know four or five games. If you look at the, the schedule, the first four games is brutal. Yeah. I mean, do you really want uh, Dwayne Haskins' rookie QB coming in against a brutal schedule? You know, going to one and three or zero oh and four, and then you you essentially have Jason Campbell or Patrick Ramsey or whatever it is damaged goods at that point. So I agree with I, you I on that. I don't think he's going to start out of the gate, but I also don't think there's a need to wait to see what you got. Or you know, the season will be lost by week seven or eight. So I'd like to get him in there when there's still a chance, maybe to salvage it. Now. Like there's still some pessimism. I'm still pessimistic overall about the season because I think the offense lacks weapons. We'll see though. I mean, they drafted a bunch of of, of potential studs here. I mean, I really yeah. like I like the 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 two guys that they picked up at wide receiver rounds what three and three and six I think McLaurin and and Harmon. I think these guys can be contributors immediately. And frankly, they have to be because. I mean, I don't want to hear Brian Quick's name called during broadcast. Obviously, Crowder's gone, and I don't care about him. Jordan Reed, I think, is I think they had a deficiency at tight end that they did not address. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what they got. And frankly, Haskins but it's not can't over, be, right? It's free not agency's over. not over, and there's a, a second round of free agency that usually happens after the draft and into early June. So we'll see. Oh, and, but and then there's another one after training camp. There's always like one or two names that get cut, and maybe they can come in and contribute. I, I overall, I don't disagree with you. I think they got a lot of value with Haskins at 15. I think the Kyler Murray, that type of quarterback, we've already experienced that here. And personally, I was never big on, on Murray. He's not a very big guy to begin with. And we talked on the last episode about, you know, Russell Wilson. He's he's a unique guy. Like, yes, Murray kind of looks the same and maybe has the same attributes, but. Not for me, not for this town. Like we've we've kind of been there, done that. I like the Haskins move from the like he's a big dude. He's a big dude who's gonna stand in the pocket and sling it around. And he's got a big arm. We'll see how accurate he is. We'll see if he's able to throw people open in the NFL the way he was um, you know, at the collegiate level. But overall for the value, I love it. And frankly, I, I know I sent you boys the um the clip of the New York fans reacting to Daniel Jones going at six. You know, it just purely from a NFC East perspective, the fact that they drafted a quarterback that nobody really had, I mean, many many had him like as maybe the seventh, uh, sorry, fourth or fifth best quarterback in the draft, maybe a third round pick. The fact that they take him at six, now he may, he may pan out, but on paper right now, they did not do themselves a, a, a you know any type of, uh, they didn't give themselves any type of advantage by going with Daniel Jones at six. You know, I, I know he's from the Manning tree, he's got some connections, but they they also were rumored to be targeting Montez Sweat, so we got two guys that are that were basically on their board, and I, I mean I love that, and I love the fact that the narrative may play out for the next decade that Daniel Jones is getting you know shown up by uh, Haskins offensively, and he's getting drilled by Montez Sweat defensively. I love that. And the Giants have become the laughing stock of the league. They have become the Redskins. It's it's yeah. What amazing. the hell are they doing? What were they doing? I mean, they got they got nothing essentially for Beckham. They had a terrible I mean, draft. They have they have Barry Sanders. I've said it many times. They got Barry Sanders playing running back for them, and he's going to be basically stuck in purgatory for the majority of his career. The way that things are trending right now. I mean, even Bruce Allen's taking shots at them. I mean, it's embarrassing what they have done, and for them to come out and say uh, there was two teams taking Daniel Jones. No way. Who? There was no no single person would have thought of Daniel Jones at number six. You could have got him at seventeen where you were. You didn't have to move up. Um, yeah, but the Redskins literally knocked the ball out of the park with with this draft. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Terry McLaurin. I, I've been watching a lot of his um, highlight videos. 
I think the connection with him and Doxon, he can play inside, he can play, or sorry, him and Haskins, he can play inside, he can play outside. Um, he's someone to watch. I think the the Harmon hype train um, needs to slow down a little bit because no, I don't think he's, get he's quite ready yet. Get I don't think he's here. ready yet, but, no but we'll way. see. No, he caught he caught a ton I mean, of balls for an average team from an average quarterback, right? And we are an average team with right now an average quarterback. So this is and kind of very response. below average receiver. So the bar is not very high for him to absolutely to come in and start. absolutely. I mean Jordan Lee, Jordan Reed led the league led the team in receptions last year. Um, I, I don't I actually don't know which wide receiver led the team in yards. Was that I, I don't even know. Do you know? I, I have no idea. It was terrible. I mean that that it can't be worse than I, what I we think had. It was Crowder with like. 700 yards whatever and that was i mean that that's that wasn't even impressive that's mostly garbage yards yeah I mean, they yeah, can't be worse I, I offensively still think, they can't i still think there's a hole you know, on in, at wide receiver and a hole definitely at tight end right it, we're relying on a paul richardson a guy who who hasn't been able to stay healthy to stay healthy and to be able to produce which you know he hasn't even done really one of them. i know systems. He's right. right now. He's best known for buying his mom a, uh, a Range Rover. That, that's what he's known for right now in DC. Like he's got, he had, a, yeah, he had himself what four or five nice catches last year. A couple went for touchdowns, uh, you know, long balls like that. That's his game. I get it. But I, I think between McLaurin and Harmon, there's at least some pieces that you can coach up and kind of work with. Who knows? I mean, they may be like they're going to be raw. Yes, but so is Haskins, and I, I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing. But I think McLaurin can be the number one receiver by week what three. Sure, absolutely. Well, Look, a couple years ago, a couple years ago, the, the Vikings had uh, uh, what uh, Diggs and Diggs and Thielen both. I, I think they were were they Thielen rookies in the same undrafted. year. Thielen was undrafted. Diggs was, I think, like a fourth or something round pick. So, yeah, I mean, they, I just look have... at that team, and they, they, it's not like they had this. Uh, I mean, they had once upon a time a lineage of receivers, but those two guys are basically the same age and kind of you know they can both play X, Y, and Z. I think, it, like you said, McLaurin can play X, Y, or Z. It looks like Harmon's he more comfortable on the outside, but I, I like what they did. And and we still got Trey Quinn from last year, who has the has some, I mean, sneaky potential to be a, a, a super, like a, just a baller in the league. And Edelman, sure, like he, and he, not he just because he's white, but he, he plays the slot, and he, I feel like he plays like him. But he's quick; he can get down there and catch an eight yard route and fall over. Like that, that's what you need from from a guy from time to time. Like we, if you really look at it, we haven't had a possession receiver. I mean, Garcon was like. You know, in hindsight, he wasn't worth the money he got paid, but he did a lot for this offense, right? Even even Deshaun, like Deshaun, did a lot for this offense. Neither one of them was going to be here, but the fall off. If you look back just a couple of seasons, you know, and we talked about it at nauseum back then when we were a brand new show about how they could have kept Kirk, they could have kept Garcon, they, like they could have taken one more shot at this NFC East, um, you know, run through the NFC East, see if they can make the playoffs and do some damage. Well, a couple years later, I didn't think we'd be sitting here talking about another new quarterback, two new receivers. And a defense that on like right now the defense, even if they maintain a, um you know an average level of health, this is a really good defense. It's a really good front seven or eight with a lot of with a lot of depth. I mean, I didn't see this coming. I really didn't. Yeah, I mean you got to think about the front seven. What, what is that? Probably tops three in the league. It's got. I mean, it, I, it has to I, be. At the, it has to yeah. be. Allen, Anderson, Payne, Ionitis, like just look at, I mean, and the, and like even like even settle like Strowman, I mean, or Strowman obviously CB, but like you look at the the names and the players they've added on defense over the past just at the last two drafts, they've done a really good job defensively here, and you know there's there's still a lot of like potential and and talent that hasn't been really actualized either defensively, and Montez Sweat, I mean, let's talk about Montez Sweat here for a second. 
one team pegged some mystery heart thing on him, and his stock went from like fourth, fifth, sixth overall. Again, the Giants were rumored to potentially take him at six if Allen wasn't on the board. Allen was on the board, and they end up taking Daniel Jones for whatever reason. But, I mean, Sweat at 26 is incredible value. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, to, to come up and what give away a, a second-round pick next year to get a top 10 player is just yeah. unbelievable. Um, yeah. Props to Bruce Allen. And he said it, um, I think, on NFL Network. He said, as soon as they picked Haskins, Bruce called every team down the list and wanted to trade back in for Montez Sweat. And what I really like about the Sweat thing is that he's a different player than Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan's a bull rush, more of a, a – um, uh, I'm going to beat you by strength kind of guy. And a sweat is I'm a freak athlete. I ran faster than RG three on my 40 and I'm just going to get the quarterback. I'm going to go around him. I'm going to get the the running back, whatever it is. So now that you have someone coming on, on the right side who has completely different techniques than someone coming on the left side really gives the, the Redskins a huge opportunity to actually wreak some havoc in the front seven. Yeah, I mean, and look, two weeks ago we were, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody was losing sleep or upset about uh, what, what's the donkey that departed for the Packers? I'm blanking on his name. All of Preston a Smith. Yeah, so like they lost Preston Smith. Obviously, Zach Brown. He was he was cut. He's I think he signed with the um, he signed with the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think Zach Brown signed with the Eagles. So like you yeah, were, you did. were you were losing some pieces, and I won't say they were like they weren't maybe. Well, Preston Smith maybe I, he actually played a pretty critical role, but you got to think this is an upgrade. Yeah, but he this wasn't consistent enough. He wasn't consistent enough, and I don't think there's. I would take a sweat over Preston Smith today because I don't think uh, Preston Smith is, is a consistent guy. He's 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 essentially a little bit less than a Kerrigan, right? You know what kind of work and effort he gives you every week, but he's not going to take over a game. Amante Sweat has ability to take over a game. A Zach Brown, although he was what the top player on defense two years ago completely had a fall off last year didn't yeah. get along with the coaches so i don't see that as a loss getting reuben foster with no suspension getting yeah. sean Deon hamilton look at how and then, this defense this defense yeah. might be like it's not ravens 2000 good but i mean right now you got to look at it and say i mean it's going to be hard to run against this defense even if it's you know i look they're a young defense for sure but they started off last season looking spectacular, and they—I mean—they got tired. They didn't have the depth. They really didn't sustain too many injuries. But you got to think that, looking at what you got now, you're deep at—you're deep across the front seven positions. I mean, and you, right? and you have a lot of versatility, a lot. You just got to find a way to stay healthy, and they weren't able to do that over the past two years. So I don't know if that's coaching or or what it is, but something. Maybe it's in the DC air because we've seen it across all the teams. Got to stay healthy. Yeah, but I mean, defensively, I'm very confident heading into the season. Maybe, maybe stupidly confident that they're going to figure this out. I mean, th- this is a young team, and you know, a lot of the t- I found myself, you know, we were obviously in our in our group chat or whatever. I, f- I just felt like this dif- this draft was different. I felt like like this was like a reset in many ways for the franchise, and and I'm not saying that as a homer or as a you know as a as a cheerleader. It just felt different. They drafted character guys here. They did it last year as well, but they still had some of the remnants of. I guess the old guard in some regard, right? Like really Ryan Kerrigan is the only person who's been who's been on this team now through the RG3 era. I mean, there may be a few others that I'm blanking on, but defensively, this is a whole new squad. And even even when you look at the Landon Collins deal, like it just feels different. And I'm not really sure why it feels that way, but I like the investment that they made. I, I really like both receivers that they spent draft picks on. The one the one pick that kind of had me scratching my head initially was going with um 
Bryce Love. Uh, with Bryce Love. And, you know, and initially I was like, why would you spend a fourth on a guy who, one, was injured? Yeah, he finished second in Heisman uh, voting a couple years ago. But I actually really like it strategically as well because you think your best case is you're going to get Adrian Peterson for this year, right? You're going to have your, your stable of some combination of Peterson and Geis starting or not starting games, whatever. You know, you have Chris Thompson basically as your change base. For some reason, Samaje Ryan is still on this roster. I have no idea what. He's, he's got to have, like, nudes on, on Jay Gruden or something at this point because there's no reason for him to still be on this roster. I think it's just a training camp body. He won't be here. But, but if Love is ready to go by – I mean, he's going to start the season for sure on Pup. He's going to be out probably that, that minimum six weeks, which will allow them to carry an extra body. But if you are basically saying, we don't know what we have in Geist, there could be an, a follow-on injury, which would suck. We don't know what we have long, like long-term in Peterson. And also, by the way, Chris Thompson hasn't been able to stay healthy himself. I actually really and like he's on the pick. last year of his deal. I like Chris this Thompson, pick. This yeah. is his last year. If you can yeah. somehow survive with all four of these guys in some combination between, um, you know, between Pup or IR or whatever, if you can get to the, this time next season – and everybody's healthy, you got to think Peterson's the odd man out just based on age. You bring back Thompson on a sweet deal. You draft another person to basically do the Thompson stuff for this offense, and you got Geis and Love. And that's not a bad one-two punch, is it? Yeah, and, and I think Love, the, the plan for him would be that maybe he can go out and catch balls as well. So he'd be kind of like a hybrid of Geis and, and Thompson. Um, I, yeah, it, it had me scratching my head too, especially with the guys tweeted the emoji with the eyes and no face as soon as that happened, which was a little odd. But you know, we what we do know is we don't we cannot rely on any of these running backs to stay healthy and to have another versatile playmaker guy, someone who can get a home run at any time. I don't see a, a, a downside to that, especially for the fourth round. I mean, I think. Would we pass up on on guard at that position? I don't remember exactly, but um, yeah, but they got their guy. Yeah. They got their guy a couple rounds later, right? In uh, in um, uh, like Pierce, fifteen picks later, Pierce Baker, a guy from Indiana, Pierce Baker. I know it says Bacher, but it's pronounced Baker. I, I listened to a, a full in depth uh, interview with him. It's it's Pierce Baker, but he actually looked pretty good too. Another Bama guy. Another. I mean, yes, but well, and then they got the guy from Indiana who's slated to play guard. Oh, I, it, it's a no loss. You know, pick even with the Bryce Love stuff. Uh, even if he sits a whole year, um, then you know he comes back next year. If he's the, any much of the playmaker that he was in college, then it's a win. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't it's, disagree. It's with not you. being a homer. When you said you, you know being a homer and there's something different about this organization, um, Bruce Allen is on TV like every day last week with a different network. There is something different about the organization now. Maybe he saw what Brian LaFamina was doing with being transparent with the fans last year, and you know, he's, I'm going to fire him and just do the same thing. It'd be a typical Bruce move. I mean, maybe he also I, saw all the fire Bruce stuff, and he realized that, like the you know, he, he, he said it. He yeah. sees it. Yeah. I mean, so, how can he not I mean, see it? How can he not see it? Right. The, the guy's as stupid as the guy is. The guy's not an idiot, right? The guy's a politician, and he knows what's being said about him, and you know, he wants to keep his job, so he'll change. Mm. Like, give him some some benefit, but, you know. No, I, I give I think... him a lot. I give him a lot because he, he – we were expecting them to bungle this completely, right, and and trade up and either, you know, you know, basically bet the farm on on Rosen. And look how that played out too. I mean, you got to think – and I hate to keep picking on the Giants. Well, I don't. But, like, look at the Giants for a second here. 
they could have traded a lot less and gotten Rosen and potentially uh, Allen at that sixth spot or Sweat or somebody else. They, I mean, Rosen right. essentially got moved for free for nothing. And, you know, the Dolphins next season probably trade him again. Like, this is... Which was the, the surprise of the draft, uh, how low Rosen's stock went, right? There were some talks that he may go for a one, an early two. I mean, they got him for a late two and a late five, I think it is, and they got a two back. It was yeah. it's crazy. And yeah. and the Cardinals are paying the bulk of his salary for the season. And next, and if it doesn't pan out, if he flashes, then you keep him, and he's on a he's on his rookie deal. You draft somebody next next draft. If he doesn't yeah. pan out, you're going to trade him again. Like it, it was uh, and a, you, it was a slam and you dunk. go get Tua next year. That's right. Yeah. It was a slam, slam dunk for the Dolphins. I mean, the Cardinals completely misplayed this. The Cardinals are, uh, I mean, I don't want to say the Redskins of the uh, the Western half of the United States, but they completely just effed this up from top to bottom. They completely mishandled uh, Kyler Murray. They tipped their hand. Like I just don't get it. And and they like they could have gotten a lot more for Rosen had they just traded him before the the rosters locked or whatever happened back in March. I, I just don't get this whole thing from them. It, it was a mess, but it doesn't matter. And Rosen's going to be out there now trying to prove people wrong. And frankly, he's an upgrade over Tannehill um, or, or the, the stable of, of, of garbage that they had in Miami. I think Tannehill is now a Titan, I think. I think yeah, he's a backup in Tennessee. Yeah. I think their, their quarterback uh, was uh, Fitzmagic, I believe. They signed Fitzmagic. That's right. That's right. That's so. right. Which I actually don't hate because he's he's, yeah. he's a mercenary, but he'll get the job done. He started off great with uh, with Tampa last year, um, but they don't have any weapons. I mean that that that's not a good team. Period. Back back to Bruce. I, I want to see results on the field before I crown him with anything or give him any any sort of credit. You know, I'll give him credit for the draft, but if we're in the same position next year, I'm I'm done with winning off the field. When you start winning on the field, well, this um, defense is good it, is capable of winning on the field, and and. I know you're not. I don't know why you're not big on Harmon. I really don't. Um, this is a big. This is a big kid with huge arms, and he does a lot of the. I mean, I know it's a lot of showmanship. The Beckham I mean, backhanded catches. Malcolm and all Kelly nonsense, was but, a big kid with huge arms too. No, I so. mean he's not that big. He's not that big. He's he's like, you know, the the league is shifting away. I think from the six four six five guy like receivers down to like the the five nine five ten like the the slot guys basically that can run or play X Y and Z shorter routes like very West Coast ish. I think he's going to fit in actually pretty nicely, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the if he's the go-to. Now McLaurin and Haskins obviously have some of that that rapport from being college teammates, but I like what I like the Harmon pick. He wasn't expected to fall as far as he did, and I also like the the local kid uh, Jimmy Moreland. I like that pick too. You know, it's the DBs. We have basically a cast of unknowns back there. I'm not expecting much out of Norman. We're kind of stuck with him at this point, but. I like this move too. I like the Jimmy Moreland pickup. I mean, he didn't really play against anybody, but he's a local kid, and and you got to think some of that factors in as well. Like you, these people that grew up basically cheering for the Redskins, um, Haskins being one of them, obviously, growing up, you know, moving to Potomac and and growing up around here. I mean, he was here through the RG three stuff. I think he's going to be uniquely capable of handling, um, you know, the media around here and the firestorm that ensues with it. Case Keenum obviously is the the odd man out, but. You know, I, I like what the Redskins did top to bottom. I really do. They added depth at a bunch of different positions. They, the defense got better. And offensively, they started to address the problem areas that they had. Uh, tight end, again, remains a huge question mark. You know, I, I have a sneaky suspicion that we're going to see a lot more Jeremy Sprinkle um, in both run and pass situations. 
And I think this is the end of the Jordan Reed era as well. I, I just, he doesn't have much left, it looks like. Yeah, and even when he's on the field, I mean, he's not 100%. I wouldn't even call him 50% all of last year. So uh, we'll see, but I, I think there's going to be a surprise cut here come um, the end of training camp. Could be the Norman, it could be a, a Reed or something like that. I, th- I think there's going to be a surprise cut. Just feel like um, we have we're paying too many guys too high of a salary for not producing enough, and they may just want to cut ties. But we'll see. Can we talk a about plus the schedule draft for me? A plus. Absolutely. Let's go through these. Uh, let's go through a couple of these games real quick here, if you don't mind, before we put a bow on the show. Nobody cares about preseason, so we can skip it. The, the Skins are at Browns, home for Bengals, at Falcons, and uh, always the Ravens, right? I think home for Ravens, the the, the Beltway battle. But there's, like you said earlier in the podcast, the Skins start um, at Eagles, home for Cowboys, home for Bears, and then uh, Giants, at, at Giants. So that that isn't like the greatest like set of, of games, I guess, to start – uh, I think we lose to the Eagles. I think we can beat the Cowboys. I think we lose to the Bears, and I think we beat the Giants. So I got them going two and two through the first four. Yeah, it's that's what I'm saying. It's a it's a tough stretch. I I see them going one and three, and then possibly making the switch to Haskins. At, um after that, maybe you make the switch to Haskins before the the Giants game. Maybe, but I don't know. I, I think, don't know. but I think they're they're gonna have enough to play for. I think with, for that Giants that that Giants game, regardless. But I next, also truly believe that Case Keenum can run Jay Gruden's offense pretty efficiently. I think so too. I think it's gonna come down to I, look. I don't think they can go. I don't think they can go all four. I, I, they're not gonna win all four of these games. I wouldn't be totally surprised if they were able to beat the Eagles because they they hung with them pretty well last year. Now we'll have to wait and see. Cowboys they just don't scare me. Dak is not a real quarterback in the NFL. I'm just not buying Dak. And they were able to control Zeke the first time they met him uh, last season, you know. And right. it, it is a home game. I think that'll be probably the best attended game of the season to open up against the Cowboys. Obviously, you're going to get the never from Dallas, the the not from Dallas people, but you should have a pretty strong showing as well that early in the season. Um, the Bears uh, toss up, you know, good defense against our unknown offense. I think the advantage there is to the Bears. Giants, I expect to beat the Giants. You know, every, like twice a season for the next several seasons, basically. Um, but after that, we're home for Patriots, at Dolphins, home for 49ers, and at Vikings. That's the big one. And actually, I got them going two, two and two through that set of four as well. Yeah, that's probably more like it. I mean, the, the Pats are the tough team. The Vikings is a prime time. That is the prime time on ten twenty four. I got them beating the Dolphins okay. and Niners and losing to. Uh, the Pats and Vikings. Can't wait to see Kirk in primetime. Yeah, exactly. Maybe is, we won that is, one. Is that is that at FedEx Field or is that in Minnesota? In Minnesota. In oh. Minnesota. After that, we go at Bills. That's early November. And then we are home for Jets, home for Lions, and at Panthers. And I, I got, think that's probably their, our easiest stretch. Yeah, and I got I think, a, they, I think they can squeak, up, squeak out all four. I got them three and one through that one. I think the Panthers historically have given the Redskins a ton of problems, but I like—I mean, I like this stretch. I think they—they they are better than the Bills. The Jets got better this uh, during this draft, but they're not really that good, and Darnold isn't that good either, in my opinion. The Lions is a toss-up game. Typically, you know, it's a fifty-fifty game, and and the Panthers—if they go two and two or if they go three and one—I wouldn't be surprised with either. But I, I don't have them beating the Panthers. I, I don't think they can beat the Panthers. That it's just too good of a team still. 
Um, but I could be wrong. I mean, they, they handled them pretty well the, the last time we played them. And then we got at Packers, home for Eagles, home for Giants, at Cowboys to finish the season. Yeah, so th- three NFC East uh, games to finish the season. Um, the Packers is always going to be tough, but it's also in December, and who knows if Aaron Rodgers is going to be healthy in December. Fair. Um, yeah, and then I-, I think they'll probably end up splitting um, with all the NFC East teams, M- maybe, um, maybe beating the, the Giants, Giants twice. Maybe yeah. two on the Giants. And, you know, and to end the season against Cowboys, I think that, that game – that game is going to have a lot riding on it, I think, for sure. But four NFC East, actually six NFC East, or six NFC opponents in the last six weeks is going to make or break their season. And I think you just look at it historically, Lions, competitive, Panthers, competitive, Packers, competitive, Eagles, Giants, Eagles, competitive, Cowboys, competitive, Giants, probably the only team that doesn't really matter at this point. But that's a lot of important games to end the season. You know, basically, I, I got them right around 500 again or maybe a smidge above so on the season i mean if they go eight and eight or seven and nine or nine and seven or even like ten and six i'm just not i wouldn't be surprised i think this is i think compared to the competition that we're playing we're better overall yeah i think if the defense can stay healthy i think 10 and six is very achievable um in my prediction i think if case keenum gets to start at the beginning of the season I really can see him be very efficient in Jay Gruden's offense. That's and the if, best thing that can happen. If we're winning and Case is playing okay, then I think you sit Haskins until, until let him need, learn. Until right? you need him. And and, there's no reason yeah. to rush him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a recipe for success for quarterbacks in general. Um, but if you have a true open competition and Haskins is way better than Case, then I don't think you can let him sit. But – I think a ten and six is very achievable on the low end. I would say what a seven win team because yeah, I don't really see a Jay Gruden team going and being a three win team. I don't see that, especially with how good this defense is. The def- the defense is good for six on their own. They just are. I mean that this is a good defense and they're playing enough dud offenses that they should be competitive and just outright win six games, even if the offense only manages, you know, fourteen points or seventeen points. This defense is good. I think they can do it. You know, I I don't and disagree you, with you. you. I'm just bullish on this offense. I think that there's like I like the idea of just there's no film on Harmon, McLaurin. I mean, outside of their college stuff. And and if we've learned anything from Jay, the team can still be somehow competitive even with like huge deficiencies on the offensive side of the ball. They still move the ball somewhat effectively. You still got, you know, I know Peterson's a year older, but he was still overall effective last year. When given, you know, fifteen plus touches, and you got this guy, you got Darius guys who, you know, I, I know they're bringing him back slowly or whatever, but I mean, this is a, this is another potential playmaker for this team. They just need an answer at tight end. That's to me like the piece that's really missing here. But I mean, Keenum didn't. Like, if you look at his statistics, yes, he had Emmanuel Sanders, but he didn't have much else out in in Colorado last year. You know, he had a stud team with him in uh, in Minnesota. And he had a stud running back. That's right. In Denver. Right, he did. You know, and yeah. you know, there's going to be uh, the running backs are going to touch the ball. You know, I would imagine the Redskins' game plan every week is 25 to 30 touches between the running backs and sprinkle in another four or five uh, short passes to to Geis or Thompson or Love or whoever's going to be playing that that change of back pace, uh, change of back role pace, whatever. Um, you know, so what you're asking for basically is a combination of Doxon, Harmon, McLaurin. 
and whoever your tight ends are to catch, I don't know, 20 balls, 25 balls amongst the, the four or five of them, I think that's doable. I think, you know, I, I would rather have the potential that this team has right now than the known that we had last offseason with, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I even forgot Richardson, who hopefully can contribute more. So I'm bullish. I, I like I like where the skins are at. They have, you know, a favorable schedule overall. And even the way it's broken out, if you just look at it in groups of four, you know, they could be, you know, right around 500 or maybe a game over heading into those final six games against NFC opponents. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Right. And, and finally, the scheduling works out to our favor. We don't have an early buy. We don't have so many primetime games. Um, what, one Thursday game. So schedule works to the favor. Yeah, they, they, I am bullish too. They can't ruin. Uh, they can't ruin Thanksgiving this year, which is great. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Any final words? <sighs> you want to talk, talk a little Game of Thrones? Uh, what's that? Is that the <laughs> is that the thing that everyone was talking about on Twitter where no one could see anything because everything was black? Yes, nobody could see anything. That was last week, and this week everybody's I'm pissed a off old. about a uh, about a Starbucks a Starbucks cup. cup. Yeah, the attention to detail is uh, completely gone. Completely gone. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not talking about this with you. I'm a, not a, this with you. A second of Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or whatever it's called. How about EPL? And I never plan on doing that. Are you following the Liverpool the Liverpool uh, Man City uh, title chase in the EPL? I am. Is so is Mo out? Uh, you know, it looked like a soft touch that caught, that knocked him out of the game yesterday. Maybe he was just tired. I'm not sure. I mean, he's Egyptian, yeah, so but- the drama is expected, I suppose. But uh, this is one of the mo- more dramatic final. I mean, Man-, Man City's got a game in a couple hours. They can pull two ahead, which would make it almost. I mean, it would make it very difficult for Liverpool to to, to, to basically win. Um, to Liverpool win is good, but I don't see them being able to to do it without Mo. I mean, Mo Mo is on another level. You can say what you want about him. That dude is fast. He he's good. He, I mean, he's he's gotten it done consistently now for the better part of three seasons. You know, I uh, I mean, I watched I watch a lot of Arsenal games. That's kind of the team that I follow. Um, they couldn't pull out a win against a team that's destined like one hundred percent going to be relegated, which allowed Chelsea now to secure a Champions League spot, which is terrible because that means Arsenal is going to be locked into that five, which means they're playing stupid Europa football. Which means they're always playing on Thursday, which means they never play on Saturday in the EPL, which means they're never rested for their Sunday matches, and we're basically going to continue. I I wish they just wouldn't qualify for Europa at all, the way Chelsea did a couple seasons ago. Only have one competition, or the the local or domestic competitions, no European football, and just kind of get back on top. Um, You know, Unai, Emery's done a nice job. I mean, the the strikers are, they've had a really nice season up up top, Aubameyang and, um, and Lacazette, but it's just terrible. Like it's it's like like Arsenal's basically the Redskins of the EPL. Like it's uh, or maybe that that's not a fair comparison, but they're just um, as a fan of both teams, it sucks. It just sucks. Um, but anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the Man City game here in a couple hours. It's uh, it's it's going to be a good one. Three o'clock, I think. Uh, NBC uh, Sports, whatever it's whatever the network is called. Um, yeah, I and mean, as far as Game of Thrones, I'm not going to talk about it with you. We got. I know John, FP, Stevie, everybody's chomping at the bit to get into it. Stevie, for some reason, thinks it's been like the greatest show ever, the greatest season, which it hasn't, but we'll save that for another day. Him and I got to talk about the Mueller report, too, and uh, some other things, and Trump and uh, Tiger visiting the White House today. But anyway, any final thoughts besides Hail to the Redskins? 
Uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk basketball. Have you been watching any of the NBA playoffs? I've watched a little. Damian Lillard has uh, taken it to the next level, but overall, the NBA is struggling. Absolutely uh, struggling. I've I've actually been watching. I think it's uh, been one of the better postseasons after the first round. The first round was really boring. You're the only one round watching. Two has been, That's a problem. Round two has been more exciting. Dame Dame Lillard's um, shot at the end of was it game ice. six? Yeah. Oh ice. my goodness! And then. Um, Harden playing with pretty much one eye, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I I get the feeling that uh, the Warriors are going to get knocked out. And how about uh, Paul Portland, Pierce calling Portland the series is... over, and the Greek Freak overrated, and then he's just been peeing left and right on the uh, on the seas since. It, it's just it's not exciting. Well, Paul Pierce has reverted back to old Paul Pierce, where he's just saying stuff to get media clicks and attention. Well, because nobody's um, watching. Nobody's the ratings yeah. are terrible. Absolutely pathetic. Well, when you start the the West Coast games at nine thirty or ten thirty or whatever it is, ends at one one thirty. I mean, who outside of the West Coast is going to be able to watch that? Mm, I mean, not me. I'm not. I'm not well, staying up for it. Well, but. actually, I, I watch it, but <laughs> that might <laughs> have more to do with a newborn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, LP. Um, let's see. If you're new DC to the United podcast, United is in first place. Oh my God! Please just stop. What do you mean? Oh my gosh! Just stop. Wayne Rooney. Yeah, got to get on the train, man. Have you been to Audi Field yet? No, it's a, it's no. A, it's a phenomenal experience. I was, as long I, as you don't I, go during sunset. Don't go during sunset. <laughs> I I hope to make it there this season for sure. I think actually there's a there's a homestand in mid June that I will be attending. Um, at least one of those games. But uh, for LP, my name is Joe. If you're new to the podcast, you can find us on Spotify. Tune in, iTunes, where else? Uh, where else are we? Google Play, Stitcher, Slacker, Podbean, you name it. Just search Defeating the Curse. You will find this podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Thank you for listening. Let us know your thoughts. Hail to the Redskins. I know it's early, but this looks like a pretty good defense and an offense with some potential. For LP, my name is Joe. Have a great day. We are out.